Coming up on the Shelley Irwin Show podcast today, the Gram presents an exhibit that reveals the unseen human reality of the Mexican border. Also, Jay Schwanke shares his latest goings-on, including the upcoming presentation at the West Michigan Home and Garden Show. Kent County Community Action hosts its 36th annual Warmth for Walk this Saturday. We talk about liver cancer with Dr. Kaylin from Northwestern Medical Group. And the world of winter continues in downtown Grand Rapids. Artist Two Eagles stops by to discuss both the outdoor locations and events happening. I begin strong with the Graham presenting an exhibit that reveals the unseen human reality of the Mexican border. Cuter Jan Cecil with us talking about this border, Contos Sonic border. Good that you are here. Newest ex- exhibition out, up and running. Hello to you, Jennifer. Good morning, Sally. J.H.U. And, of course, uh, uh, exhibits uh, come and go. Some stay forever and, and some uh, grace our presence uh, at a, for a short, member, uh, limited number of time, and we get the work out. So uh, I trust all is well at the Gram. I was down there uh, yesterday watching all the uh, skaters. You've got a nice backdrop. Oh, that's wonderful. It's beautiful to see everybody out there. Appreciate it. All right, let's get right into the Grand Rapids Art Museum. We call you the Graham that has uh, uh, presented its latest exhibit. What is it? Yeah, so Border Contos Sonic Border just opened this past weekend, and it's an exhibition of two artists: there's photographer Richard Mizrock and experimental composer and artist Guillermo Galindo. And together, they have created um, photographic landscapes and a beautiful sound composition. Combined, combined with musical sculptures um, that Guillermo created from objects found along the... So it's a really unique exhibition. So you're breaking up just a little, so make sure we get right into the mic uh, for sound qualities, Jennifer, if I'm asked that. This was conceived collaboratively, collaboratively by your both uh, gentlemen. That's correct, yes. They were both separately working um, along the border, doing their own artistic practices. They met in about 2011 and knew right away that a collaboration together would be a really incredible experience. Walk with me on what this exhibition includes. Photographic landscapes, Jen? That's that's right. So um, Ms. Rock is known for really large, expansive images. And he's interested in looking at the ways that humans impact the natural environment. So you won't find many humans in his photographs. Um, So they're landscapes first and really give you a sense of flying over these um, border regions. And then as you continue through the exhibition, you'll find Guillermo Galindo's um, sonic border installation. It's created with eight musical instruments. And again, he made these instruments by from objects discarded. So there's recycled materials, bottles. You're dropping all kinds. You're dropping out, Jen. Sorry, <laughs> You're dropping out, but we'll continue until <laughs> uh, until I ask for how do we find out more information. Um, musical sculptures. That's right. Yes. So they're both sculptures and working musical instruments. So you'll also get to hear the music that Guillermo composed playing those instruments in the gallery. And if you head to artmuseumgr.org, you can find all the information about the exhibition, as well as our hours and our free admission programs. Yes. Tell me more about uh, 
what is addressed here. Both artists address, I mean, will we walk away talking about complex political, environmental, and humanitarian topics? Very possibly. I hope so. I, I thought it was important to bring this exhibition to Grand Rapids because conversations and the situation along the border right now is certainly complex and impacting human lives. And what you'll see through this exhibition is remnants of those people, of those migrants and their experience. I've never been to the border region, and maybe many of us here in West Michigan will never experience that. So it was important to me to bring this show um, to really help us empathize and understand a little bit better what the situation is down there. The exhibit is on until when? It is up until 8th. Uh, April 28th, you say. And this uh, is such that, where did you say it actually started, or uh, are we on its its uh, traveling uh, program? Yeah, yes. Grand Rapids is part of the tour. The exhibition was organized by the Crystal Bridges Museum in Bentonville, Arkansas, and it's traveled to a number of destinations. But this is the first time that it is up here in Michigan for, for folks in our area to see. Yes. And uh, for one who's not visited uh, our Graham, what else do we see when we walk into the beautiful building? <laughs> we have a lot happening right now. Um, we have an interesting um, permanent collection exhibition right now um, about maps and map making. And we invite our visitors to even make their own maps of a place that's important to them. Um, there's an installation of sports photography on view right now, if you're interested in sports, as many of us are this time of year. Um, and then if you head upstairs, there's always new things to see in our permanent collection galleries um, with amazing artworks from the 15th century all the way to the present. And remind me, there are a couple of, although I want to support uh, the Graham, our Graham, there are days for free admission. That's right. So Tuesdays, um, we have Meyer Free Day, and um, Thursday evenings uh, is also Meyer Free Evenings from 5 to 8 p.m. Um, there's some other free admission programs that you can find on our website as well, um, and we also have a partnership with the Grand Rapids Public Library where you can even check out um, an admission to the museum. I do have a couple minutes left in your, your clear, Jen. Uh, Jen Cece with us again, talking all things Graham, presenting this exhibit that often reveals the unseen human reality of the Mexican border, border Contos Sonic border. What's, what's in your museum for kids? Oh, we have a lot right now. Um, we just recently opened our new creative learning center, which offers hands-on activities for families and really visitors of all ages. That's a great place to start and end your visit. Um, I know with my own child, it helps um, to get some of the touches out before we head into the galleries to see the artwork that he's not able to touch. Um, and then throughout our galleries, we also have hands-on activities or activities to help prompt conversation and discussion. Um, with the Border Contos exhibition, for example, we have an activity about telling your migration story so we ask visitors to think about how they or their families came to this place 
and and thinking about the the epic history of migration throughout um, really all of humanity. So that's been fun to see visitors talking about that and talking about where their families came from, when, how, and how they ended up here in Michigan. Very nice. And how can your community support the Graham? Well, we would love to see you through our doors for this exhibition. Um, Again, it's on view now through April 28th. And we would also love to see folks join as members. Members get a lot of perks, including free admission um, and members preview openings. So they get to see all of our exhibitions first. And oftentimes we have special programs just for members, like an artist talk that we just hosted with artist Guillermo Galindo for members only. Membership has its privileges. I say that uh, often uh, once once a week. It's true. Okay, uh, takeaway message from my visit uh, with Border Contos Sonic Border would be what, Jen? Sure. Um, I hope that um, folks get through the door. Again, everything you need to learn about your visit, especially if you're a first-timer, is at artmuseumgr.org. And we are your art museum. We would love to see you. Thanks to you, and uh, roving microphone will get over soon. Now, through April 28th, don't miss this opportunity to be educated in many ways. Appreciate you and your talents as curator, Jen Cecil. Take care. He's in the house. And you've seen him on WGBU-TV, him meeting Jay Schwanke, Life in Bloom. Let's talk about what is coming up on stage, behind the stages, uh, around the stage, and more. And, of course, uh, uh, the uh, studio is always filled with flowers upon your visit, Jay Schwanke. <laughs> I always bring the flowers wherever I go. Now, am I calling you Jay M.H. Schwanke? No, but, I mean, so, okay. So, yes, yes. My, who, so who, who, everyone who always you? wants to know what the J stands for, right? Okay, so it doesn't stand for anything. It's just the initial J. I was born at a flower convention in the middle of a snowstorm in Nebraska. And my mother went into labor. At, she was running the registration desk, typing out badges. She went into labor. She looked at my dad and said, I need to go somewhere and have this baby. And my dad said, have you looked outside? There's 19 inches of snow, and they have closed every road in this town. They paged the front desk. There was a general practitioner there who delivered me in room 386 of the Hastings Hotel. How do you remember this? And I was the new product exhibit. Okay? So they took us to the hospital after the roads cleared. And my mother decided, my dad is German. So everyone in my dad's family has two middle names. The middle name of their father and their grandfather. So Melvin is my grand, is my father. Herman is my grandfather. And so then she was like, well, do I want to? She was sure I was going to be a girl. Okay, so my name was going to be Jennifer. Well, that didn't work. So she put down Jane. She thought, well, there's a Joseph already and a John and a Jeremy and a Jonathan and a James. And she said, so she, she pondered, wrote the J down, fell asleep. They took the birth certificate. So my legal first name is the letter J. It doesn't stand for anything. I like that story, and you've told it a hundred times, and you tell it as though you t- told it the first, and that what's that's what makes you unique. Uh, unique. I mean, there's a Madonna, you know. There's uh, my best yeah. friend is Madonna. Oh, now we are really <laughs> digging into the weeds. I digress. We've got to talk about you. Where do we find you on WGVU TV? 
You find me Saturday mornings on WGVU TV at noon. You find me on Create TV because we have the new Create TV schedule, right? Yes. So I'm on Sundays at 11. I'm on Tuesdays at 6.30 a.m., 8.30 a.m., and 2.30 p.m. And I'm on Wednesday morning for those of you that are night owls at 4.30 a.m. And those showtimes, there's three different shows every week. Are you living the dream? I am living the dream with WGVU for sure. Yes. Tell us more about you and this flower power that you have. So, so flower power coming up or flower power in general? In general. What, in ge- uh, what oh. is your, your talent? Well, born at a flower convention, right? So, oh. so one of my favorite stories is that my, my high school guidance counselor said to me, he brought me in and said, we need to decide what you're going to do for a living, you know, so that we can get you the right classes and stuff. And I said, I'd like to be a zookeeper. And she said, you know what, that you have to be really smart to do that. You, you have to take, you're going to be a doctor. You have to be a doctor and you're not very good at things like that. And, and, and she said, you know, what occurs to me, you've lived your entire life in a fourth generation family business. You know more about flowers than anyone I know already at 17, you should be a flower person. And I was like, you know what? And she goes, plus she goes, I know, I know you're a little lazy. That'll be, that'll be easy for you then. And you'll enjoy it. And you know what? That was the best advice I ever got. I still want Jan Theory, and she's still alive. If she's listening, Jan, I love you. You're the greatest person in the whole world. I asked her to be on the show. She won't come because she doesn't want me to tell the story. <laughs> well, little does she know it's on the um, yeah, so, record. So I've just always lived it. I love flowers. I feel my best when I'm surrounded by them. I love how they engage us, the health and wellness benefits they offer us, and what it feels like to give flowers to somebody else. And so, you know, and I always dreamed. I watched Carol Burnett as a little kid, okay? And so when I, I was seven years old, I was like, I want a television show. And my mom said to me, well, you're no Carol Burnett. And I said, no, not about, not like Carol Burnett, about flowers. And so now I have the very first national television show all about flowers in the U.S. And it does well. It does well. Isn't so. that, the again, the power of well, goal setting, goal achievement, and good at what you do. All right, so that does well, as will our time together Friday, March 3rd. What's happening? March 1st. March 1st. March 1st. March 1st. All right. All right. So March 1st is March 1st oh, is that's right. yeah, Friday, Friday March 1st. night, opening night at... Um, at the West Michigan Home and Garden Show. And we have always opened it. I don't, I've lost track, Shelly. I don't know how many years we've done this. But we do the Life in Bloom Flower Power Local Celebrity Challenge. And what that does is it funds local charities around here from five fabulous, popular, wonderful local West Michigan stars who are going to arrange an arrangement in five minutes. And then the audience votes on it with their applause and how much noise they make. You remember last year. I remember last year. (laughs) Thank you for including me. And uh, uh, I can't remember who. Did Wimmy win last year? No. Remember Jen Pasco? Jen Pasco. Pasco brought her. Oh. brought her cousins who can make more noise than any human being I've ever met. Yes. And I I think her arrangement was pretty sharp too. It was too. Yes. 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 So this year we have you, 
playing for Girl Scouts of Michigan shore to shore. Yeah, that's I'd say the uh, you know the, the the promise, but don't put me on the spot. I am playing for Girl Scouts of Michigan shore to shore, a, a big organization uh, not only in our own backyard but as high up as Alpena. Many Girl Scouts are leaders in our community. Jane. I know it's amazing. Yes. And great choice. And great cook- choice. And cookies. And cookies. Uh, <laughs> and cookies. I, I probably right? will get you a box. Oh, awesome. That's okay. Awesome. Bribery. I, you, bribing me doesn't help, but it's always appreciated. That's, well, that's well, great. Well, that's why you, you bring flowers in here. Who else grand, graces your stage? Well, one of my favorite human beings in the whole world is Camille Shamelli at, at Martha's Vineyard. And his daughter, Alana, is amazing. She is going to be a guest on Jay Schwanke's Life in Bloom Season 7, so you'll get to see her about May in this market. And she is um, she's playing for the Refugee Education Center, which is amazing. Important uh, center. Exactly. So then we have Jill Fry. Jill Fry is the farmer at Super Bloom's Farms, which is a lady who vertically grows things, not only vegetables and herbs, but food. Flowers, and she is going to be playing for Amplify Grand Rapids. Oh, she probably has a hand up there. I think with that's the flower. Right, yeah, right, right, yeah. right, right. She's right, right. probably arranged before. <laughs> you know, again, okay. you can right. arrange the. But you most bring your cousins. Bo- bring your cousins. Okay. Bring your cousins. Then note. Steve Lewer, another one of my amazing friends from from Meyer Gardens, and you know, we film at Frederick Meyer Gardens and Sculpture Park for the show, and it's just such a wonderful backdrop, and Steve, this year we did Butterflies Are Blooming, and so that will be the premiere episode of season six. Steve will be playing for Concerts for the Community. He is such a smart guy, too. Good. I just love, I, I like the synergy we have when we're on, or when we're on, on camera together. It's just important, yes. Who's, who's, uh, who rounds up your event? Wimmy the Robot. Oh, no. <laughs> And his friends Kevin and Stephanie are coming with him. And so they're all three are gonna are gonna design together. I'm gonna tell you something. That Wimmy the Robot is magical. Well, he's made uh, you know, he's on WGVU TV too. As 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 he should be, I am I am completely infatuated, starstruck with this crazy robot. And Wimmy is also gonna be in season seven or season six of, of of life in bloom as well we make flowers for kids and he does three word he does the three sentence story for us and i just you know i i Catherine, my fabulous co-host oh, from WZCM, she is, a rock star. Catherine is Barrett. going to be my and she said last year she said you were so on that robot you just were you were losing track of what else was going on so she's got to pinch me and make okay. sure that i don't get wimmy infatuated you, you know you from the starstruck uh, uh <laughs> land uh, i bet wimmy probably is going to act the same way with you it, well, i don't know i mean wimmy's so great we we did we've done several shows together so i think that that's really wonderful and i really love him so and a good message obviously too so then saturday on the second Saturday on the second, I'll what be happens? on the home stage at noon and three p.m. with my with my regular fun with flowers and Jay, where we give flowers away to the audience. Oh, so you got to be present to win. As they well, say. you know it's funny. I'm going to tell you the flowers choose the people that they want to go to, and it's funny. I will look into the audience and I almost see a halo around that person, and I can give you 
hundreds of stories of people who walked up to me. It was funny. There was a there was a one year at the home show. I gave an arrangement to a lady. It was a pink arrangement, and I said, "This needs to go on with you." And she came up to me after the show, and she mm-hmm. said, "I just want to tell you, today was the anniversary of my daughter's death, and her favorite color was pink." The flowers chose her, Shelley. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I'm just the, I'm just the, you know, I'm just the, the messenger. I'm just the catalyst. I make sure they get to where they're supposed to be. So I love that. And we have so many people who have been coming for years and years who are, who come to that show every year. So it's great to see them. And of course it's at DeVos uh, Place. Uh, yes. Tickets uh, available online, I know. Yes. GRHomeshow.com. I'll get your information here Our in a second. Our wonderful people at Showspan yes. are providing the money the prize winning money for the people so the winner of our contest will win five hundred dollars and every other person gets a hundred dollars for their charity as well so you know these five charities will be benefiting and i would think every dollar is is key for for sure bring your cousins to uh, make sure (laughs) you get up to that 500 is going to be our guest judge Oh, so she, she will be there that night, yes, because she helps Catherine and I. Because Catherine and I, if we have a tie, you know, have a tie, Jen, Jen's the tiebreaker. This is so. going to be. One I, I guess maybe call Jen and ask her to bring her cousins. I, 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 I've got the, I've got the number, as they say. Jay Schwanke with us again. Life in Bloom, power, flower power, charity challenge. One of the events uh, you'll see uh, in action on the first of March. Of course, uh, that whole weekend as well, and. Um, I guess I want to go back in closing. You mentioned the health benefits of flowers. Yes, ma'am. Does it, does it, will it inspire me to, to sniff what you've brought in today? So anyone who has flowers are, is in the presence of flowers. Yes. It makes us feel happier. It makes us feel less depressed. Homes that have flowers in them have less arguments. So seniors who are surrounded by friends will enlarge their circles of friends. Mm -hmm. They're also more apt to seek medical attention for something that ails them. If there's flowers in our creative space or at work, we'll come up with more creative solutions. We work better with our friends. It reduces the stress level at work. It's, it's amazing. And you know, I mean, it's interesting. Red flowers. Okay. Red flowers. They're, they're like, they're, they're the lifeblood, you know, red, red inspires us and it's almost, it's one of the sexiest colors. Okay. okay, So we have, I might keep the red, you know, red, we have red flowers here today, but it also will activate our appetite. Well then maybe take it back. It's Monday. (laughs) Oh, we have fun. Uh, Jay, what is the ultimate mission from your life in bloom on public television? You know, we, we created a foundation to go with life in bloom because we are part of the American public television exchange, which means that we give our show to every station across the country. We don't get any money back from it. Our goal is to spread those health and wellness benefits of flowers. And so our foundation is there as a nonprofit to help us do so. And there's no better place for us to do that than on public television because public television reaches everyone. Public television cares about everyone. And public education television is there for education, not for promotion. So... All those flowers in your home. You're going to live to be 100. <laughs> be right behind you. Jay Schwanke, uh, what do you leave us with, please? You know, buy some flowers and give them to a friend. Because not only do those, you know, when we're arranging flowers, our body releases endorphins that make us feel better. So that's what you'll have when you're, when you're creating in the Flower Power Challenge. But when we give them to someone else, that other person 
releases dopamine and gets that same experience. So gifting flowers to someone is so very important. So if you've got a friend who's down in the dumps or you've got somebody you haven't seen for a while, or I love that my friends in European countries bring flowers wherever they go. When they come to someone's house, they bring flowers. And I think that's something that we can do here. We can, we can always bring flowers with us when we go somewhere, and that makes everybody happy. Still, our national leaders that and uh, get uh, instead of war, let's give flowers. How's that? Flowers and kindness. That's all I ask for. <laughs> Big, important uh, <laughs> challenge. Thanks to you. How do we find out more information about your good work? Our website, ubloom.com. That's the letter U, B L O O M dot com. Jay Schwanke, it's Life in Bloom. It's a Flower Power Charity Challenge on the 1st of March at the Home and Garden Show. Again, all of the information on uh, Jay's website. Okay, I'm going to take this flower and snip it. Let's walk for warmth on February 10th. Kent County Community Action is hosting this 36th annual Walk for Warmth. Let's ask about why we are doing this, and well, 36 years, and important to continue. Gustavo Perez, Director of Kent County Community Action. Good morning to you, Gustavo. Good morning, Shelley. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you've spoken before. I'm glad you're in studio and uh, looking forward to uh, your walk. This uh, is the 10th of Saturday. It is, yes. Yes, yes. We'll look at the weather. It might be nice for you. Who knows? Tell me about your KCCA, please. Kent County Community Action. We are a part of the uh, county government. Uh, we are the direct services arm of the county. Uh, we have a lot of direct, uh, services for individuals in need, low income, uh, utility assistance. Obviously, heating assistance is a big thing that we do right now. Water assistance, uh, rental assistance. Uh, and things and such to make sure that individuals that are struggling right now have somewhere to go and we have uh, resources to help them. I'll be blunt with the question. Are some uh, Kent County residents um, in need because of uh, perhaps their uh, utilities have been uh, shut off? Yes, we do get a lot of households that come to us with uh, they're either on the verge of getting shut off uh, or they're already shut off. And so our goal is to make sure that the heat stays on this winter and so we do have a lot of households that come to us in dire need. Yes, and you're serving uh, Kent County. Yes, we are. Thank you. You turn no one away. We turn no one away. Appreciate that. I, you know, we start with the 101s. All right, so uh, obviously there are funds to be raised. Heating assistance, as you say, for Kent County residents is needed now more than ever. How does your walk help this week? Well, it's uh, to create awareness for the need. Uh, we want people to come join us. Uh, and it's going to be probably a little warmer than it usually is. Uh, we've had a lot of snow in years past, but this year uh, we're going to probably have some better weather. Uh, but we want people to kind of endure that cold with us and walk and, and spread awareness. Um, you can donate online now. Um, you can visit us at accesskent.com forward slash walk for warmth. The walk uh, presentation starts at 9. The walk starts at 9.30. We're going to have some hot chocolate for the kiddos and some donuts. So please come on by with the whole family. You can register the day of uh, or just come on in and join us. And if you can't, then you're able to donate online uh, to support us. Are you having us meet at your offices on Martin Luther King Jr. Street? Yes, Martin Luther King 121, Martin Luther King at the Human Services Complex on the first floor on February 10th. And again, uh, we'll start at 9. Yes. What will uh, your opening remarks include? 
we're going to have a, a few guests uh, from um, the, the city and, and the county, obviously. Uh, we're going to talk about, um, you know, the need that's in the community. But we're also going to be, um, for the first time ever, showing our impact video, which showcases the real need and what we do in Kent County as a community action, serving those uh, that are most vulnerable and making sure they have resources to be successful. Mm, yes. And what else does your uh, department uh, do? Expand on that. Well, uh, we have uh, just an array of programming. We have specific programs that are uh, for seniors in need, uh, those age 60 and older. We actually have a dining facility in our building. Uh, we have individuals that are specifically Spanish-speaking, uh, and so uh, we actually pick them up. They come in, and they have congregate meal site. They have activities for them. Uh, we also have housing. We operate a housing commission, the Kent County Housing Commission. Okay. Uh, we also have community development. So uh, you'll see some of the parks in, the, in, in Kent County getting revitalized. <coughs> some of those are the community development dollars coming out of Kent County Community Action. Uh, we provide infrastructure pr uh, grants for um, all the municipalities in the community as well. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we also help and fund other nonprofits uh, with some of the work they do in either transportation and housing. Uh, but we're also advocates for those mm -hmm. that are in need. Yes. And, of course, uh, we're talking those who perhaps uh, are receiving utility shutoff notices for their heat. Could this also happen uh, in the summertime, uh, some shutoffs, uh, if, if we need air? So it's a kind of a full-year um, request? Yeah, we're 24-7. We're so needs are, are always there, and uh, when we see them go up is, is where we step in. Uh, community action, we're gap fillers. So when we recognize there's a need and um, we have to step in, we, we're there to try to do that. Again, thanks to your leadership, Kent County Community Action, hosting its 36th annual Warmth for Walk this Saturday. Gustavo Perez, director, discussing. Tell me, um, uh, kind of toot your horn. I mean, you've done this for 36, soon to be 36 years. Uh, correct. Uh, as a community action, uh, we've been here in Kent County. Uh, we're all over the country. In the state of Michigan, there's 27 different community action agencies serving your community. And we're so one of, of, of a large network that are working to fight poverty. And for 36 years here in Kent County, we have strived to uh, combat and be um, advocates for and provide services directly for those in need. Back again to what happens on Saturday with your registration, 9-ish, 9.30, the walk beginning. Um, how far are we going? It is a brisk walk. Oh. Uh, we're not asking anyone to go uh, too far. Uh, we'll circle our building a few times, mm -hmm. uh, and then again we'll have uh, hot chocolate and donuts. Uh, bring the whole family, bring your pets, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, just come out and uh, support us uh, with the walk. Yes. And does the money raised through Walk for Warmth go directly to Kent County families in need? It does. Uh, what, you, what you donate to us goes directly to those in need. Um, we uh, want to make sure that we can stretch those dollars as much as we can to help as many families as we can. Yes. All right. Check on your neighbors and, of course, uh, uh, get the word out. If uh, one is having some challenges, certainly uh, paying bills of any kind, uh, reach out to you. Yes, absolutely. They can visit us at accesskent.com forward slash KCCA. Great. All right. Details one more time for Saturday, please. Uh, Saturday, Saturday, February 10th at 9 a.m. The walk starts at 9.30. Right. All right. Uh, check the weather, but uh, with it being uh, uh, a warm week, uh, you might uh, not have to wear the gloves, but it is winter in West Michigan. Thanks to you, Gustavo. Keep up your good work when it comes to leadership and directing this Kent County community action. Good Thank to see you. Thank you. Dr. O'Connor 
on the line. Northwestern Medical Group is where she spends her day here to talk about an important subject, liver cancer. It's the sixth most deadly cancer and the fastest rising cause of cancer-related deaths in the United States. We'll talk about HCC, we'll talk about UHCC, and of course uh, um, more. Uh, Doctor, good morning to you. Thanks for your leadership. Good morning. Thank you for having me. I'm delighted to be here and talk a little bit about liver cancer. Yes. Is this a, a growing cancer that we're uh, needing to talk about? It is. You know, unfortunately, unlike other cancers, liver cancer doesn't get as much publicity. Um, and as you mentioned at the introduction, it is rising in incidence. So it's important that we sort of understand a little bit about it. When we think about liver cancer, we sort of it falls into two buckets. We think of something called primary liver cancer. So these are cancers that start in the liver or secondary liver cancers where cancers from other places go to the liver. So we're going to talk a little bit about primary liver cancers. So when we, um, most patients, when they present with this cancer, unfortunately are at a stage where the cancer is already um, quite advanced. So for that reason, we're not able to offer local treatment options like surgery, which is what makes them unresectable or advanced or UHCC or um, advanced HCC. Expand on that, the difference again between HCC and UHCC is? So... Yeah, so they're actually interchangeable a little bit. So UHCC means it's um, unresectable hepatocellular carcinoma, which is the most common type of primary liver cancer, or advanced HCC, which is, again, another way of saying unresectable hepatocellular carcinoma. So they're relatively interchangeable. Yes. Who would be impacted in general by liver cancer? Just a very basic question. Yeah, so a lot of people actually have something called chronic liver disease or cirrhosis, um, and these are the people who are at most risk of this cancer. Now, when we think about cirrhosis, you know, most of us think about alcohol or hepatitis as being the main cause, but in fact, we have an increasing entity of patients who have metabolic syndrome, where there is this chronic underlying inflammation in the body that puts you at risk of getting this liver cancer. Now, the problem is, is that most people, by the time they show symptoms of it, this inflammation or inflammatory process has been going on for many, many years, so like 10, 15 years, so it takes a long time before patients show symptoms. Tell me about treatment in general, both HCC and UHCC. Of course, in general, is uh, tough because uh, each patient uh, has, has their own, uh, own uh, goal and plan. Of course. You know, um, as a clinician, this is a very exciting time for me to be in this field. Um, you know, I've been doing this for a long time, and in the past, you know, we didn't really have good treatment options for this. But the exciting thing is, is that things are changing, and there are now more um, viable, good treatment options available. You know, and in partnership with AstraZeneca today, I want to talk a little bit about um, dual immunotherapy. So that means, you know, immunotherapy in general has revolutionized how we treat cancers. And we now have two immunotherapy drugs that are available for this cancer, so or for HCC. So Infimzy and Imjudo together as a combination has been shown to reduce the risk of death by roughly 22% um, compared to the previous standard of care. So that's an exciting, viable option for patients with this cancer. Now, as you mentioned before, this is not the right treatment for everybody. And every treatment, as you can imagine, has its own side effects. 
So I always encourage patients to, you know, have this conversation with your treating team to see if this is the right, is this the right option for you. If so, what are the potential side effects? And if you get those side effects, how they can be managed. And, of course, uh, early detection as much as possible uh, uh, and uh, certainly um, uh, prevention, uh, uh, living a halfway decent, healthy lifestyle key. Absolutely. And, you know, um, I do tell patients, you know, if you are concerned that you might either be at risk or you're worried about a family member who might be at risk, talk to your primary care doctor about these things because there are screening tools that are available to see if they can be screened for this cancer. So if we can, we can try to catch it early on. Uh, But I think the most important thing is having that therapeutic relationship with your primary care doctor or healthcare professional to discuss these options. Thank you for you. What is the best resource for us, Dr. Parnakayan? Yeah. So, you know, uh, the best advice that I can give your patients is, you know, be the best advocate. Learn as much as you can about this cancer. And you can get some information at imfimzi.com. So that's I-M-F-I-N-Z-I.com. And that will sort of get started the, uh, in terms of where you can go. All right, keep up your good work. Uh, Again, an important conversation, a necessary conversation. Liver cancer is uh, fast rising, but uh, we take care uh, uh, with you underneath your leadership and resources. Thank you very much. Take care. Let's talk world of winter. Downtown Grand Rapids, full of it. Of course, that's a good thing. Kicked off back in January headed to March 10th for this celebration. I bring on two eagles to talk about his work, and, well, how's it going? Where's the snow? Good morning to you, two eagles. Good morning, Shelley. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to see you out and about uh, the many things you give uh, to our community in the form of, uh, well, making us feel good. You take our picture. (laughs) Yeah, I haven't been doing much of that lately. Mostly I've been focusing on light art. Yes, and that is what we focus on. First of all, tell me more about you in general. Uh, my name is Two Eagles Marcus. I live in Rockford, Michigan. Uh, my day job is I have a photo and video experience company. So we we uh, interact a lot with people. And um, that's kind of how I uh, could drive my uh, light art is knowing how the people uh, like to engage with experiences and being able to uh, see cool things and be a part of it. What is this world of winter? I'm putting you on as a spokesperson right now. You're speaking <laughs> on behalf of the whole team. As the uh, unofficially, World of Winter is um, the largest uh, winter festival in the United States, um, and it runs from January 12th to March 10th, and it is a really uh, amazing opportunity to go downtown Grand Rapids and see some really cool uh, light art installations and interact with them and also just visit the different shops and offerings that downtown Grand Rapids has. Nice. Let's talk of specifically what you have. You're saying light art? Is that L-I-G-H-T? Yeah, light, like illuminated. And uh, well, let's get into four directions. Where is this and what is this? So Four Directions is one of my installations. It's located at 555 Monroe Avenue Northwest. Uh, It incorporates a musical soundtrack. I wrote a song for it. I uh, created a uh, light sequence that goes to the the rhythms and beats of the music. Um, And Four Directions is uh, 
one of the indigenous beliefs uh, uh, that's shared amongst a lot of the different tribes uh, about the north, south, east, and west, and how it relates to um, the the four seasons as well as the four parts of your life. So with the four parts of your life, you have uh, birth, adolescence, uh, adulthood, and then death or, or old age or death. And then with the seasons of spring, summer, fall, and winter. Um, so those are in the four parts of the day also. So there's a lot of things that come in fours and those cycles are what keep the earth refreshed and rejuvenated and also those cycles for us daily to keep us refreshed and rejuvenated. Ooh, does winter mean death? It's a, it can be associated with death because okay. you know when you see the the earth uh, the leaves fall in the fall and everything kind of dies down and it hibernates and it rebuilds itself and then it's reborn again in the, in the spring. Thank you for that. All right, uh, you sent me a picture of yourself dancing uh, uh, at the Caliparin. Uh, Caliparin. Caliparin. Tell me about this. Caliparin is a human-sized kaleidoscope that you can walk inside of it. It's eight feet deep. It's uh, about seven feet high in the inside, and you can take these really amazing photos in it. The back wall is covered in LED, and the shape of the interior is hexagon and it's mirror acrylic mirror on the floor and walls so when you walk into this the the shipping container it's an all-black shipping container and it looks like this black box with this light tunnel and as you get in you actually see the reflections and the light seemingly reflect forever and fade off into affinity so it really it really messes with your sense of of space um when you walk in because it looks so much bigger the inside than it really is especially it comes out in the pictures too i trust uh, your exhibits can and will go on without uh, snow on the ground yep the exhibits will go on no matter what uh you know we installed those uh the day before the big storm um and they've been out there running 24 hours a day since january 12th so uh, being it's the first time I've ever done any installations that incorporate light and sound and all these electronics, I'm very happy to see that we haven't had any technical difficulties and everything's been going strong the whole time. Nice. And have the people come? Uh, have we seen the visitors thus far? We're, uh, you know, midway. Yeah, there's been a, a lot of activity down there. Um, I've been there. I Every time I come downtown, I, I cruise by and see what the crowd is like and it, it really hasn't mattered what time or what day of the week that I've stopped by there, but people are always coming up. And especially on the weekends, on Saturdays, a big day, lots of people downtown. And my installation, uh, Caliparin, actually has quite a long line a lot of the time, which is really awesome to see. And I've gotten some great reviews from uh, out of town media sources and local media sources. Where do your uh, exhibits then go after March 10th? Well, after March 10th, Caliparin, um, right now I don't have it booked for any other light shows, but I potentially will get it into some uh, music festivals or arts festivals, and hopefully I'd like to see it go um, nationwide and have it travel out of state. Four Directions, um, that is something that I don't see that that one particularly would go out of state, but it is something that I can use those uh, cubes to repurpose into other uh, installations and light art displays. 
Nice. Well, again, uh, just looking uh, through your worldofwintergr.com, uh, busy times right up until the end, including uh, this weekend, uh, some pretty cool tours, an ice sculpture walking tour, black history walking tour, and more. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I think World of Winter's here to stay. Absolutely. How do we find out more about Two Eagles, Marcus, and your good work? You can uh, go to TwoEaglesMarcus.com and find out about my installations um, and also be posting some upcoming uh, meet and greets or photo opportunities. Um, I, I plan on going down there and uh, taking some professional people, uh, pictures of people actually in Caliparin and showing people how to take the perfect selfie inside of it. Selfies are here to stay. There we are. I'll look you up. Okay. Good to see you. Uh, always a pleasure what you do for our community uh, with your with your fun talents. World of Winter, downtown Grand Rapids continues through March 10th. Check out the work specifically by Two Eagles, Marcus. Take care, and we'll talk again. Tis a wrap on this fifth day of February for you, your inspiration for the day. Lucy Maud Montgomery says, It's been my experience that you can nearly always enjoy things if you make up your mind firmly that you will. Okay done. Hope you enjoyed the show. Make it a great day. I'm Shelley Hill.